0: and is a Nationwide Disaster Preparedness Network made up of Patriot-Oriented Radio Operators. So, Amron
1: phonetically, Mike,
0: Romeo, Romeo,
1: Oscar, November. This is a directed net, so please hold any traffic until that control station calls for it. Any emergency traffic may break in at
0: any time. Whether you're seasoned or new, this is the place for patriots, preppers, and partisans who understand the necessity of being able to receive and share information with others. When conventional communications are disrupted or compromised, grid up or grid down. This is Partisan Radio. Welcome to Volume 23, and thank you for your patience. We are having, or were having, some issues with the website that did not allow us to post new postings or edit current postings. And I had this all ready to go and upload. So I just wanted to uh, add that uh, to this audio file on the front end to let you uh, know what was going on with the website. Okay. Just as a reminder, we are at currently at AmCon 5. That is the lowest AmRON condition level with no known threats to our communications infrastructure. Uh, or no imminent threats, if you're a net control operator, be sure to announce the most current AMCON level in the preamble to your net script this week. And this week is the net cycle for the national 20 meter, 40 meter nets. We will also be switching over to 80 meters after November 1st. So put that on your calendars. And we are going to stay with Zulu time. We are not going to adjust for daylight savings time. We're going to continue straight on through with Zulu time. And we will be making those announcements to the schedule and getting those updated. Unlike previously, when we have adjusted for daylight savings time, time, we are no longer going to be doing that. We're going to be staying with Zulu time all the way through. Same time, Zulu time, all year round. In amateur radio news, which really isn't amateur radio, but in HF, there was a lot of buzz going on about some strange communications that were intercepted, and there were postings going up across the internet and talked about across the ham community. On Sky King, Sky King is a military frequency that uh, they have two frequencies, primarily eight nine nine two and eleven one seventy five, on the upper sideband. Typically, what you hear are pilots refueling uh, uh, aircraft and you know military communications going on. Uh, a lot of it is encrypted, and you can't uh, you can't hear it. it's digitally encrypted. Uh, but sometimes you'll hear pilots talking uh, over those frequencies. Well, just this week there were, or this last week there were some out in the open in voice uh, communications taking place using some some call signs that have not been heard apparently for a very long time. I'll just read this to you on Sky King eighty nine ninety two and eleven one seventy five kilohertz USB. A call sign called Collapse, which has not been heard since two thousand one, has just broadcasted four messages to numbered stations or units in the last few minutes. Fusebox and Reykjavik, Reykjavik have also broadcast in the last few days, and they haven't been heard since 1991, the collapse of the Soviet Union. Now, I have the audio files here, and I will play just a little bit of that for you, so you can hear what it sounds like. And I have a couple thoughts on this. This article over at vocaroo.com states, We do not know what these codes mean, but it considered these alert, These are alerts to all stations before the codes are sent. Uh, the author says, I did my best to record all these, but missed recording the, quote, the alert phrase, unquote, where they said, quote, all stations, all stations, unquote. This has all happened in the last half hour. And this was, you know, this was last week, uh, from 02:30 to 0304 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I believe this was Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. He said I didn't record these or write this up. By the way, it was a thread from 4chan that popped up. Okay, we got DefconWarningSystems.com, a couple of websites here, and some audio files. So let me play those for you real quick, and then I'll share a couple thoughts.
1: Whiskey. Zulu. Echo. Kilo. Six. Four. Sierra. This is Collapse Out.
0: Okay, that was one uh, using the call sign Collapse. And there's another station that came on later also using the call sign collapse, but it was clearly a distinctly different operator. Same call sign though, so it's the same station or uh, probably same transmitting location. Listen to this. Foxtrot, five, uniform, Romeo, Foxtrot, Kilo, this is collapse out. Okay. So those are just a, a couple of examples. I, I, there, I've got the full audio uh, of those, but I just kind of boiled those down to just the sampling so you can hear what they sounded like. Very unique. And what's interesting is unlike uh, you know a lot of the Cold War uh, numbers stations that you'd often hear transmitting, and even today you can hear transmi- uh, transmitting number stations, usually uh, intelligence agencies sending encrypted one-time pad type messages to, uh, operatives in the field. But this is very unique. And some folks have said, Oh, you know, could this be an indicator? These haven't been heard since 1991. They're reactivating this rushes in Syria. Uh, we're just in trouble all over the place. What, you know, what could be, what could this mean? Well, first of all, you cannot decrypt this. Uh, you could try, have fun with it. But, uh, you know, if, if that's something that you'd like, like a challenge, but most likely, this is, you know, a one-time pad type of encryption, some some sort of encryption that is virtually going to be unbreakable. It sounded like, by the tone, uh, th- almost like it is a relay station, uh, like you're operating remotely. So... Uh, even, you know, direction finding, you might find out where the where the antenna is, but you might not necessarily know where, where the uh, station operators are because, uh, you know, it's very likely that they could be operating remotely. So what does all this mean? Well, it could mean that things are heating up and they are reinstituting some war mode type of communications that they reserve for real world threat type situations. However, it's not as likely as I think what is probably the most, well, the most probable reason and cause scenario driving this. And that is, if you guys have been looking recently in news, in the news, our government is going back old school. Uh, things that they had uh, relegated to the archives beyond Cold War. It's no longer a threat. We don't need the stuff. We have technology now. We've moved on. They are rebuilding Cheyenne Mountain and hardening that, and installing new equipment, communications, and and uh, other upgrades to Cheyenne Mountain, a hardened, nuclear resistant, blast resistant facility. If you notice, just last week, I have the notes here uh, from the United States Navy. Uh, there are several places that are reporting on this as well. The U.S. Navy revives ancient navigation as cyber threats grow. The Naval Academy stopped teaching celestial navigation in the late 1990s, deeming the hard-to-learn skill irrelevant in an era when satellites can relay a ship's location with remarkable ease and precision. So this is something that they had gotten rid of in the 90s, and they are bringing it back this most recent graduating class from the Naval Academy is the first since then to be walking away with these new school skills. Old school navigation pales in comparison to today's high-tech systems. It's both painfully difficult and far less precise, but it can get you where you need to go within about 1.5 miles. That could be a matter of life and death in a situation. Okay, so They are bringing this stuff back because they realize that all of this modern technology is vulnerable. I have to ask myself this if, because Russia is in Syria and China is moving, we're down, you know, in the South China Sea. Things are heating up all over the place, and all of a sudden, we hear this encrypted type messaging in a strange format. It's not a normal uh, numbers station type of format. This actually incorporated what appears to be randomly numbers and letters intermixed together. This is a very unusual format, but still, it is clearly military. It's on a military uh, frequently used frequency that's used by the military, and These are numbers type stations, encrypted messages being sent back and forth. This is what I suspect. I believe that in today's modern technology, when you can have satellite communications, extremely powerful encryption, uh, why would you send an encrypted message over HF when you can send a satellite Message, much more detailed information, much faster, much more accurate to any operative anywhere in the world using the technology that we have today with the internet and satellite technology. So, why would you use HF to send numbers, station, old school type stuff? I believe that the most likely reason is that our government is taking seriously the cyber threat. They know we're being probed and hacked on a regular basis. They also know that we face a very real threat through CME, coronal mass ejection, you know, electromagnetic energy uh, storms that could disrupt electronics uh, and knock out our satellites. Not to mention the EMP threat, the electromagnetic pulse threat from uh, nuclear weapons that are specifically designed for maximum EMP effect that could take our uh, communications and entire electronics, anything related to electronics infrastructure down. And now with North Korea launching satellites, as well as you know Russia and China, uh, it's very likely knowing that how dependent our military is on satellite technology that those would be targeted. That would hurl our entire military into the Stone Ages, and they would have a bunch of floating uh, paperweights out there on the ocean and. They are looking at old school technology. And I believe this is probably one of those things. They're probably re, uh, likely reincorporating encrypted HF communications in the form of what resembles number stations. So that's my those are my thoughts on that. It could be related to something different, but uh, this is the most likely and plausible scenario and explanation. All right, now I am always searching for stories about radio operators being used to support the partisans, to support the good guys against the bad guys. There's a story here about a Christian American missionary who happened to be in China in the very early 40s. This was the time before the United States entered the war when Japan was in a vicious fight with China, or China was ferociously fighting the Japanese. The Japanese were just brutal and barbaric in the things that they were doing to the Chinese people. Well, one day this missionary was sitting in a small restaurant eating, and somebody came up to him and said, if you're an American, come with me. So he reluctantly went with the individual down to the river where there was a sandpan parked, one of those small Chinese boats, And the individual knocked on the side of the boat and hollered down to the folks down below. As it turns out, this was the crew from the Doolittle Raid, led by none other than Lieutenant Colonel Doolittle. If you guys don't recall, the Doolittle Raid was a raid on Tokyo after Pearl Harbor, to send a message to the Japanese that they were vulnerable as well, and we could strike them at will. It was an extremely powerful message. But the air crews knew that this was a suicide mission. They had enough fuel to get to Tokyo, but not enough to get back. The plan was to make it as far as they could, those who survived it, uh, to make it as far as they could into China and then find a place to land because China was friendly toward America at that time. So that's how Colonel James Jimmy Doolittle found his way into the hands of an American missionary there. One thing led to another, and the U.S. Navy was, or the uh, U.S. Army Air Force was so impressed with this missionary. Uh, Combined with his ability to speak fluent Mandarin Chinese, asked him for some information about some pre-positioned fuel uh, reserves that were spread around China. The missionary successfully got the intelligence back to the, uh, the Army Air Force, and they realized they had an intelligence asset on their hands. And when asked, the missionary willingly went across China, throughout China, ultimately building and uh, distributing small portable radios. And he developed a network where Chinese, after he had trained them on how to use the radios, the Chinese were radioing information, intelligence, about the the Japanese. Very interesting. And I have part of an audio file here. I just want to share with you. It's It's just an amazing story. This missionary's name was John Birch. You might find that name to be familiar because of the communist watchdog group called the John Birch Society. John Birch ultimately was murdered by communists, and that's an amazing story in and of itself. But we're just going to focus on the part that he played in developing a partisan radio network of 50 to 60 stations, reporting intelligence so listen to this
1: Birch's fluency with the chinese language his knowledge of chinese customs his rapport with the people made him indispensable to the covert operations john birch was a self-taught radio technician from his boyhood days he was able to build and operate radio units which were to transmit vital information among his network of secret observers on orders from general chenault Birch went deep behind enemy lines to a fishing village overlooking a bay. There he enlisted trustworthy fishermen to commence a daily coastal watch. He taught them how to work the crank-operated radio and devised a code system to confuse the Japanese. John set up more stations along the coast before returning to headquarters. By then, 50 to 60 ship sightings per day were being received. Operations, then dispatch planes from various Chinese airfields to attack the Japanese ships.
0: It was later on that I met uh, more American boys. They came into this little town and they established a radio station there. We'd get the uh, location of uh, the enemy planes taking off and we would get it in that office and then we'd tell the boys upstairs and they would transmit it to our airplanes.
1: Former Air Force Captain Mac McCullough was a member of the 14th Air Force Department of Distribution. His crew would distribute planes and aircraft parts and supplies to forward bases. It became his assignment to take John Birch behind enemy lines to carry out covert operations. Mac McCullough recalls some of those crucial operations. He offered his services to uh, the general to tell us when we knew in Kunming within 15 minutes where the Jap fighters or the bombers were going, when they would arrive, at what altitude, what they were carrying, and he would get that information from the Chinese, which were uh, empowered by the Japanese, and that in turn was transferred out to John Birch in the foothills, maybe a mile or so away from the base. He would gather the information of these Japanese, at the forward firing bases, and he would relegate that through radio-coded message to Kunming and the Flying Tigers Fighter Group.
0: That's an amazing story, and what I encourage you to go and learn more about. That was a true American patriot, a missionary, a Christian missionary, and who ultimately ended up becoming a chaplain for the Army Air Force. He was murdered by the communists, but... Boy, he made his mark when he was here. Now I want to talk about uh, this week's main topic. It's going to be main topic is going to be a training exercise. Uh, this will be an audio file that I will be playing right after the end of the show. This audio file, I will just let you know right now, it is in PSK thirty one. Now it doesn't matter what mode it is because. I trans I recorded this transmitting on PSK31 with the transmit ID turned on. That's TXID. That's in the upper right hand corner of your FL Digi software. It's free software. If you're new to partisan radio and new to digital modes, I want to encourage you to go to amron.com, a m r r o n.com and type in digital in the upper right-hand corner in the search box, and there are several articles there that I would refer you to. With practice audio files, there are images there, there's pictures, and step-by-step instructions for getting you set up for receiving digital modes, which are used very widely across the Amron Nets and in emergency communications in general. If you have your RX ID or receive ID Uh, that's what identifies the mode that is being received, then it will automatically switch to PSK31 or whatever the incoming mode is, as long as the sender has his transmit ID turned on. And whenever we're doing anything related to Amron, we nearly always uh, transmit at 1200 on the waterfall. So... I want to give you some pointers here, because once this decodes, what you're going to see is a message. This is a a one-time pad message. That means it is encrypted. Now, we've been doing one-time pad encryption training. Uh, It's been a little while since on Amron and Partisan Radio, we've revisited it. But I want to keep reinforcing this uh, from time to time so we don't lose the skills. If you're not sure about one-time pad usage, it is a virtually unbreakable encryption old-school method that is still extremely uh, powerful and, well, it's unbreakable. It's very low-tech. You can do this on – you can make up your own one-time pads, and there's an article at Amron.com. Go to the upper right-hand corner, type in one-time pad. You'll see three documents there in PDF that you'll want to download, and those give you full instructions on how to use One Time Pad. Not just for training with Amron, as we will continue to do, but also within your own local network where you can set up your own One Time Pad encrypted messaging system. Now, in the primary document, the main document that you'll download on one time pad and cipher PDF. You'll see on page five and page six, I believe, covers encrypting and decrypting numbers. Now, this threw some people off in the last uh, Amron Core training that we did. And I just want to let you know that whenever you are indicating a number, you will use the Number 90 in your uh, decoding chart, 90 represents figure, F-I-G. That means a figure or a number is to follow or the number is over with. You bracket the number or series of numbers that you're sending with 90, or zero on each end. Niner zero when decoded means figure. So when it comes to time to write, let's say, for example, 1984, you're going to write, it's actually not 1984, it's 1-9-8-4. But to encrypt it, or to encode it so you can encrypt it, uh, you're going to bookmark those numbers with 9 or 0, that indicates a figure is to follow, or the figure is... Complete to spell one nine eight four. You would repeat each digit three times. This helps for with accuracy when you're decoding, so you know for certain this is a number. So to write one nine eight four, you would write one 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 or nine or nine or eight 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 four four four. Each number is written three times. That's to help you ensure accuracy. When you're done writing the number, whether it is just one digit, it could be just the number one, in which case you would write down nine or zero figure, one one one, nine or zero figure. In this case, with 1984, it would be one 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 nine or nine or nine or eight 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 four four four, and it with nine or zero, which indicates a figure that should help you with that. Also, if you want to go back to Partisan Radio, Volume 11, where we talk about one-time pads, we also have the resources there in that uh, highlights and resources posting for Volume 11, where you can get those PDFs that I was talking about. Just go, Or just go to the search box and type in one-time pad, and those resources will come up. Those postings will come up. Anyway, that pretty much concludes this week's uh, Partisan Radio, there's several things that I have piled up on my desk that I want to cover, which I'm going to be doing this coming week. More training ahead. Stay tuned for the training message right after the show, and I will will embed it in the posting separately as an audio file in Partisan Radio Volume 23, Highlights and Resources Posting, so you can listen to this, practice, and train with it. Uh, you don't have to do anything. You have no instructions. You don't have to email me. You can if you would like. You can email John Jacob at radiofreeredoubt.com if you have uh, questions, you run into any snags. But not until after you've tried figuring it out on your own. The resources are there. So uh, when you work for it and you do your research and roll your sleeves up, that's when this will become uh, deep-seated knowledge. But if you run into a problem where you just can't figure something out, let me know. We'll walk you through it. This is great training. All right, guys. I have nothing further until this coming weekend. Hopefully, we'll be able to get Partisan Radio out a Sunday evening, Monday at the latest. Notwithstanding website issues, hey, Semper Gumby, right? Always remain flexible and never Semper Grumpy. Semper Gumby. want to make sure we get that right. All right, this is John Jacob Schmidt. Until next week, that wraps up Volume 23 of Partisan Radio. I am John Jacob Schmidt, 73.
1: As ready, trained communicators, right up to the present time, radio hams have been busy every single minute. The ever-increasing group of radio amateurs who have equipped themselves at their own expense with two-way radio sets by amateurs who saw their opportunity to render a public service and paid off for Americans in trouble.